Welcome to the Cedar Break, a public affairs show on KSUU-FM, Thunder 91.1. On the Cedar Break, we touch on public issues and topics in Iron County and Southern Utah University. And now, on Thunder 91, thanks for joining us for today's Cedar Break. Welcome to another episode of the Cedar Break. Today's episode is all about media and journalism. This is your host, Skyler, joined by a very special guest today, Southern Utah University's very own professor of communications, John Smith. Welcome to the show, Professor Smith. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Would you like to um, give a little bit of background to your media um, profession? Sure. Um, When I was uh, an undergraduate in school, I wanted to be a National Geographic photographer and I was studying photography and um, uh, so I was heavily involved in uh, running the dark room at at BYU in my undergraduate days and things like that but I sensed that there was some sort of visual or or, uh, evolution occurring in photography and at the time the only things that were available were Maybe uh, programming multiple slide projectors and moving, you know. So we had, you know, we were programming 12, 20 slide projectors and having them flash images on and off the screen. Uh, and at the time, that was kind of the, the way to go for national park visitor centers and things like that. But that was very short lived. Uh, but the other option that I had to see what this electronic revolution was go- is with a video class. So I took a video class, mm-hmm. and um, within a year, I was the chief photographer at KBYU Television for mm. their news uh, operation. And then immediately after that, I was swept into an internship as with Bonneville International or KSL Television and Cairo TV in, in Seattle, Washington. Uh, but I was uh, living in Washington, D.C., working on Capitol Hill as an intern. Mm. And so I was heavily involved in um, um, uh, editing, shooting and editing uh, big-time political stories. I was a White House press photographer, uh, shooting stories at the, in the Rose Garden and things like that during the Reagan administration. And um, so I became a, rather than a still photographer, I became a professional video photographer mm. and um, began working for KSL. And then after my internship, they hired me on full-time. And then I uh, spent a couple years in Washington, D.C. and then I transferred to Southern Utah to open up the first Southern Utah News Bureau that uh, KSL Television had. And so for another couple years, we, a reporter and I were stationed uh, based out of Cedar City, Utah, and then we would travel all throughout the southern part of the state covering stories, um, feature stories, and uh, breaking news stories. And we would feed that those stories up to Salt Lake City. And then uh, after a couple years, then I was transferred to Orem, Utah, to do kind of the same thing with KSL's uh, uh, Central Utah Bureau, working with a reporter there. And uh, as I continued to to shoot and edit, um, I found it very fascinating, but I also wanted to do more writing, more uh, long form uh, reporting, maybe documentary mm-hmm. work. And so I chose at that time to, to uh, go back to school to get a master's mm-hmm. degree and maybe teach in the future. Mm-hmm. And so then after a television news career, I went back, got a master's degree, and then I was hired on uh, with Southern Utah University to 
kind of oversee their um, their small broadcasting uh, broadcast journalism program, and I've been here ever since, since uh, 1989. Uh, so over 30 years, I've been teaching here at Southern Utah University. Uh, so teaching media mass media classes, uh, general communication classes, as well as uh, producing documentaries and and uh, other visual um, medium on the side. It's quite the uh, career you've had with this um, field. So what has been, what would you say has been your biggest story or probably one of your most important stories? Okay. Uh, and I, I kind of um, separate them out. Mm-hmm. There's the news side mm-hmm. um, where, uh, and I probably can't say that there's a, the most important news story of my journalism career mm-hmm. uh, because uh, on a daily basis, each 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 news story is important for that time, and then it is replaced by another important news story. Um, uh, but then I've also produced documentaries, uh, mm-hmm. so I have a series of documentaries. Um, but probably the most rewarding one that I produced was uh, about a Milford cowboy named Cody Wright, hmm. who um, in 2008 won the um, world championship at, in Las Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. And we had followed Cody the entire year going to rodeos with him, documenting his whole career. And if he broke his leg halfway through, that would have been a story. But it, and if he won the national, ch- the world championship, um, that would be the story as well. And it uh, turns out that uh, he did win it on, on his second to the last ride. And, um, and uh, we ended up kind of uh, winning what's called the Cowboy Oscar uh, for the best... Uh, Western documentary of the year that year uh, from the uh, National Heritage uh, uh, and the Cowboy Museum in, in Oklahoma City. Had some celebrities hand us the, the trophy, the, the Cowboy Oscar trophy for that, that documentary. So it was a really good project. Yeah, I would imagine. So with documentaries then, what other documentaries have you done besides this one? Um, well, going back, way back uh, after, you know, I started teaching in 89, um, and it wasn't. It took me a few years to kind of get my feet under me and figure out that that's probably what I could do as a teacher, rather or in addition to and rather than write academic articles mm-hmm. that professors are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. My scholarly and creative research would be to produce media and mm-hmm. to produce documentaries. And so, uh, starting in 1994, I did uh, some in, in little things with Shakespeare before then with the Utah Shakespeare Festival and things like that. But in 94, I kind of started to produce on a regular basis different uh, documentaries or educational promotional pieces. And uh, um, and so uh, the earliest one, one of the earliest ones was a documentary about a SU professor named David Lee, who um, he was the English department chair, um, but he was a very renowned author of what became known as pig poetry. Mm-hmm. He wrote books, he wrote poets about pigs that, and these pigs represented um, challenges of, of in life. So it, uh, he would be offended if I called it cowboy poetry, mm-hmm. but a lot of people would call it cowboy poetry, but it's definitely not cowboy poetry, it's deeper poetry, but it uses pigs as symbols of the human uh, condition and human experience. Mm. And so we produced a little half hour documentary and that got us some renown, got us, kind of launched in that, and since that time I've, I've produced documentaries about Southern Utahns in the Korean Wars. Um, that one's called Miracle at Kapyong, mm-hmm. um, and it's, a, it's literally about a miracle about 
um, how um, at the beginning of the Korean War, about 600 young men, well, and older men from southern Utah, uh, communities of, of Richfield, Beaver, Fillmore, St. George, uh, Cedar City, mm-hmm. um, were, c- were called up to active duty uh, for the Korean War, and they were um, put in active duty in Korea. And if you can imagine 600 uh, people from southern Utah at that time, that was a huge, huge impact. And to lose any of those lives would have been uh, critical and mm-hmm. and just um, terribly tragic for any of these communities. Uh, but those 600 went over, and one particular battle, there was uh, 200 of them in, in one particular unit uh, that were overrun by 5,000 Chinese soldiers. Mm. And when the battle was finished, um, 800 uh, Chinese were uh, captured and 500 were dead. Uh, uh-huh. And none of the Utahns were killed. Wow. And so we called that the miracle at Cap Yong. And, uh, and uh, we document, we interviewed the, uh, the surviving uh, vets. Um, and uh, it, it, it was an amazing story. And we, we kind of struggled a little bit with the title, mm-hmm. but then everybody kept referring to it as a miracle, and uh, indeed it was. And so we referred to it as the miracle at Cap Yong. And, and that aired on local PBS, and and uh, and uh, we're still getting requests, and that was mm. that was produced uh, almost 20 years ago, and that we're still getting requests to view that because it's a very inspirational story. Wow. Um, but I've done other. Uh, uh, a lot of my work has has involved the land here in southern Utah, right. um, which uh, you know there's a lot of national parks, there's a lot of public land, so I've done um, videos about the Grand Stars, Grand Staircase Escalante National mm-hmm. Monument. Uh, some pieces for the history in Zion National Park, some pieces about the history of the people that work in Bryce Canyon National Park. Um, and then, then I have some personal interest in the outdoors, and so I've done some on the side. Uh, uh, I've done a documentary about canyoneering, mm-hmm. uh, rappelling and swimming and sliding down slot canyons. Um, and that, that uh, was done, uh, that was actually done before GoPros, and so I, I, I saw somebody write a, uh, that somebody else produced a documentary about canyoneering, mm-hmm. uh, rappelling into these slot canyons where there's water flowing and you're rappelling down waterfalls. And they made the, the comment that this, co- this documentary could not be produced without a GoPro. And uh, I did mine four <laughs> years before that without a GoPro. Um, and uh, so uh, that was a particularly uh, satisfying project to kind of tell the story of people uh, Recreating in Southern Utah. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, we are the school of the parks, right? So exactly. All this beautiful nature around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it just seems like a perfect thing to document and film. Yes. Yeah, so, kind of going more towards to more back to jor- journalism, I should say. Um, have you kind of seen things change over the years with media and the kind of just, I guess, the social view of media? Yeah. So I I grew up in the the three or four network television era watching, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to say how exactly how old I am, but <laughs> my family did have a black and white television in the very early days. Right. And you would uh, tune in to uh, one of the three or four networks that were on the on the television. And uh, at the time, Walter Cronkite was a big name, and he was known as being the, the most trusted man in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally, people trusted and built their decisions on the information that the media, the trustworthy media were providing them. Mm-hmm. And now as things have evolved, um, I'm, I'm worried about it. 
mm-hmm. because uh, and when I when I ask my students, a lot of them, a majority of them, do not trust the media. They they mm-hmm. don't trust the information that the media are providing. And I in my classes I try to support and instill a um, a trust back in the media that are trying to do the best they can with the information that they're given. Mm-hmm. The challenge now is that. Uh, it's not just a three or four network information world. It's a internet social media world that has all kinds of unsubstantiated information just flying everywhere right. ar- around the world. And uh, it's difficult for people to sort it out. Most people don't have the time or the energy to sort out truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish more people did yeah. sort out truth. But most of them uh, either take some information and believe it as truth because it supports their existing status quo of, of information or they're just too caught up in it's just too hard so they just give up and they say I can't trust anybody I can't trust any media so I don't trust anybody at all yeah and um, so there is that evolution so uh, but I, I try to instill uh, a trust that in general mm-hmm. and I know media make mistakes and mm-hmm. when they do make mistakes they correct it but in general, the mainstream media, and, and I won't take the time to name yeah. that bubble of mainstream media <laughs> that are generally neutral and uh, objective and fair, uh, you can get true information from them. Yeah, so it's still like overall the field of journalism is still very much trustworthy and still very much you know yeah. honorable. I mean, yeah, there are the outliers, like yeah. you say, but and people are people we make mistakes yeah. but but along along the line of when you say the field of journalism the other thing that has happened because of the internet mm-hmm. is the business model of journalism has totally changed mm. and um, journalism is still sorting this out and still trying to figure out ways to make money mm-hmm. because people now uh, with a click of a mouse they want free information they're willing to subscribe to a daily newspaper that's dropped off on their news on their doorstep every every afternoon um, and then they also get mad when there's advertisements, mm-hmm. uh, which is the um, basis for a lot of funding of media. Uh, and so people, they want free information without advertising, and that business model is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Who, who's going to produce that material for you if you're not willing to pay for it? And so um, uh, there's subscription services to streaming news services, and, and that's, a, that's a possibility. Um, but it's still it's still being sorted out. Mm-hmm. The, the the industry hasn't sorted out really how to make money, even though there's all kinds of more. There's much more information out there, and and people want it. Uh, but people, we have to figure out ways to get people to pay for it, to pay right. for journalists to be all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, doing this amazing coverage, um, and and then at the same time, there's not just three networks vying for your advertising dollars or mm-hmm. for your eyeballs there's hundreds of thousands of websites that are vying for your your eyeballs as well and so that reduces the effectiveness of any advertising or message or business model as well yeah yeah i would imagine so it, it, yeah like you were saying with the whole age of the internet i mean it, everyone has a voice now everyone has something that they can say or if they want to you know say news they can you know make their own website they can do their own stuff they can do their own advertising so it's yeah, i could see where it gets really confusing with all that stuff going on so yeah 
and, and uh, individuals need to ask themselves, uh, am I willing to help support industry? Am I willing to support this goal of having truth and tru truthful information in our society? And if you only complain about it, mm -hmm. uh, that you can't trust anybody, and you haven't subscribed to a mainstream newspaper or um, uh, media streaming service, uh, then you're not putting your money where your mouth is. Mm -hmm. You can keep complaining about you can't trust media. Well, then put your money where you, and pay for a service that you do trust and help pay for those journalists to, to provide your quality journalism. Yeah. Uh, you kind of, you said earlier too about um, people not being willing to search out truth or to find truth. Do you think there, like, are there any tips that you would recommend for people like to follow? Say, hey, like you can do, if you want to find a, you know, true, you know, news source and, you know, look through this, go through here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so a couple of recommendations I have. First, um, don't rely on a single sor uh, source for news. Mm -hmm. uh, have a, a variety of news available to you. Um, so there could be people out there that rely solely on CNN for their news, which is mm -hmm. wrong, yeah. as well as people who rely solely on Fox News, uh, which is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, watch, if you see something on CNN or Fox, then compare it to something else that you see, and, see, and that will help you sort out what is true and what, what may not be true. Mm -hmm. um, and, but in, in reality, getting information from mainstream, the mainstream media, and I know there will be critics out there that say, you know, Smith, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but when you, when uh, research has shown, if you stick with the mainstream media, the, the newswire services of Associated Press and mm -hmm. Reuters and the three major, three or four major networks, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, um, and uh, the main national newspapers, the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, you will get closer to the truth there than anywhere else in those fringe areas. A lot of people say, well, no, I heard it on this website and, and the Wall Street Journal didn't cover mm -hmm. it, so the Wall Street Journal must be wrong. Uh, no, you're yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I don't, I'm not quite that bold with my friends and neighbors yeah. when, when they're showing that they don't trust uh, these legitimate news uh, uh, collection agencies. Yeah, absolutely. I know that we're probably also not helping that too as the younger generation, you know, my generation, we're not, I know we're not, some of us are still into like reading news and doing all that stuff. But I know for the good majority of us, we don't get our news from these, these sources anymore. We don't get, we get news from, from these like third parties, from these, you know, individuals, which can be, you know, dangerous to an extent, at least, at least I, I've seen to an yeah. extent, cause you know, someone covers this and it's wrong or if it's incorrect, but yet, you know, they have the following to be like, yeah, this is true. So um, the challenge that younger generations have mm -hmm. is sorting, finding the truth, uh, but they are, they're also bombarded with all this information and, and sorting through it. So a lot of us um, re um, rely on aggregated news uh, websites. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, Google News. Right. We'll take all, this, all these news stories and put them all together and um, going back to the problem of the, the funding, uh, if I just click on a Google, uh, Google News and I'm reading aggregated news stories, I'm reading one story from the New York Times and another story from CBS News, and I just go down that list, uh, in reality, I'm not paying the New York Times or I'm not paying CBS News, so that's part of the problem, mm -hmm. that a lot of us who get our news off the, off the Internet are not paying for the news that we um, consume. Mm -hmm. um, 
at the same time, uh, uh, well, and, and those aggregated news sites, it, it actually is good to kind of get a variety of, of stories. Mm -hmm. um, but though, again, those are not a sustainable news model. Uh, mm -hmm. There has to be some payment for the, the news business to put those on the aggregated news sites. Um, the other challenge with the younger generations is that, um, I, and I tell my students that, that in general, you are not normal news consumers. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to diss on my <laughs> students too much, but in general, college students are pretty clueless about important news stories. Oh, it's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I joke that they're too busy reading my textbooks, uh, <laughs> um, and so they don't have time to read <laughs> news stories. But um, in reality, uh, they're very, very busy with other things. They're, they're very, very busy uh, just in life and school and mm -hmm. jobs and, and uh, starting families or whatever they're doing. And um, so if they make comments about not knowing news or um, I, I, I kind of understand that. Um, but then they c kind of use those same um, habits as they grow older and then you have resulting generations of people that don't care about news. Mm -hmm. And I am a strong, strong proponent of uh, that news and information is the basics of an informed democracy. Mm -hmm. that people must be informed in order to make important decisions. Mm -hmm. And I don't care which, uh, where you are on the political uh, mm -hmm. spectrum, but um, you should and need to be informed about climate change mm -hmm. uh, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But you need to know the facts about it, not mm -hmm. just what uh, ex extreme websites have said about it. You need to know the facts about other all these other issues in our society, whether mm -hmm. it's immigration or um, abortion or cl uh, or um, gun control or all these things. We ne we need to know the facts rather than just be in our own internet uh, echo chambers is what they're called. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, it, if I'm not getting valid information from outside my regular um, echo chamber, mm -hmm. uh, I need to do a, a self-reality check and make sure that I'm getting accurate information. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So we are coming up on our time here. So any last words you'd like to tell the audience or any sort of just last things you want to plug in? Uh, so some students are worried that um, because there's no m network to go work for anymore, that uh, media might not be a place to go uh, get employed in. Uh, there's more jobs now producing media and video and writing than there ever have been mm -hmm. because of the information age that we're in. So there's opportunities out there, but people need to be a lot more creative in, in mm -hmm. getting jobs and, and going out and finding it. Um, but it's an exciting time to be, it's a, it's a scary time to be involved in media. Um, don't just give up. Trust the media sources, seek out information, and uh, we'll be a better informed democracy. Yeah, I should hope there's more jobs because I hope to be going into one of them exactly. one day. So, um, so yeah, that's been the uh, thank you for joining me today, Professor Smith, and sharing your knowledge of the subject and just your background in general. I know I learned a lot from this. Um, and thank you for tuning in to Cedar Break. Tune in again uh, next week, same time, same place. Hope to see you there. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Cedar Break on Thunder 91.1. You can listen to the show every Sunday at 10 a.m. here on Thunder 91 and catch it as a podcast on seunews.net 
slash Thunder91. You can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.